Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. Once again, you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and for being here. This is Pastor Eric J. from St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska, who sponsors this program. We are excited today because we are starting a new adventure. Finally. (laughs) The uh, long-awaited and anticipated walk through a book of the Bible. Uh, And as we've announced the past uh, couple of weeks, we're going to be going through the book of Galatians, the letter of St. Paul to the churches of Galatia. And so grab your Bible, pull up a chair, and we're going to get into it here. Uh, Unfortunately, I do have some bad news. Okay. Um, Last week... Uh, we announced to everyone, much to their chagrin, that uh, the the most popular host on this show, <laughs> Jason, yes, uh, was was out ill. Right, uh, he came back from California, not feeling too well, and we promised everyone that Jason would be back. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, Jason's not sick anymore, but he had a conflict come up that he, he really had to tend to, uh, which is understandable. And so Jason, again, is not here this week, uh, but he's fine. Uh, he just has a conflict, and, and we'll look forward to uh, having him back. I know he was disappointed he couldn't be here. He was looking forward to getting back into a book and working through it. But uh, Jason, you know where to find our show. You can catch up and, uh, <laughs> and join us next time. So the book of Galatians, open that up. Uh, We are going to be using the ESV translation, by the way, uh, the English Standard Version, if you want to follow along exactly. So Chip, why don't you pray for us, and we're going to dig in. Okay. Lord God, your word is so amazing. Uh, The fact that you would give it to us through people like Paul, uh, people that were sinners just like we are, Uh, the marvelous good news, the mystery from the ages that you revealed to through him uh, to the Gentiles. And uh, as we dig into the specific letter of Galatians this morning, we ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive that same amazing news that he had for the folks in Galatia. In your son's name, amen. Amen. So as a matter of good practice, anytime you crack open a new book of the Bible, it's uh, important as much as you can to be familiar with kind of a couple things. What type of a book is it? Because not all books are the same mm-hmm. in the Bible. Uh, of course, you have uh, the Torah, the books of the Old Testament, the patriarchal narratives is what we call them, kind of narrating how God works through the lives of people. Uh, some would call them history books. <clears throat> uh, and then, you know, you have books of poetry, books of Psalms, uh, prophetic books of the Bible, which are very different from, say, Gospels, mm-hmm. which is a very specific genre of writing. Um, and we covered one of those in John. 
And what we're looking at today with Galatians is an example of what we call an epistle, which just means a letter. Uh, So this, you have to remember, what you're about to read isn't an apostle's account of what they experienced and what they saw, which is a very different approach to writing. This is actually a real human person writing a letter. I know today we would say text message or email, but (laughs) (laughs) a person truly writing a letter uh, to another person or group of people in history. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's important to recognize that this wasn't just something that you sat down to type out real quick or ask Siri to do or, or uh, Alexis to do for you, Alexa. Uh, you had to take time to do this and, and make sure you got your words right uh, because this was going to go by snail mail. And so you're, you're reading a handwritten letter from Paul to a group of churches uh, a very intimate communication, uh, a group of churches that exists because of Paul's missionary work that we'll talk about. So keep that in mind as you read this for two reasons. Proper context is is making sure you read uh, a text for what it was intended. And remember that this wasn't written to us. This was written to a, people at a different time, a people going through different situations, a different culture, a different context. But a message that is for everyone, a message that is for all time. We stressed that, I think, a couple sermons ago, that uh, when you read the Bible, you have to remember it wasn't written to you, although it's written for you. And so remembering that is, is key. And along those lines, the book of Galatians is written by the Apostle Paul, uh, remember going back to our people of the book series, right. mm-hmm. uh, he was not an apostle from birth. None of them were. Uh, he he has quite a different story than the other apostles. He was actually a Pharisee, uh, part of the ruling class, religious class that were enemies of Jesus while he was alive on earth. Um, and Paul, who was then Saul, was a persecutor of the church, very zealous for the law of God, for the Jewish faith. Um, for the religion of Israel until Jesus revealed himself to Saul, renamed him Paul, and said, you're going to be the one that I'm going to send around the world (laughs) to bring the good news to the Gentiles, which was just mind-boggling because it was the Gentiles that were the sworn enemies of Israel. And, And on that note, when you read the word Gentiles, you're reading pretty much about, I'm assuming, most of you listening right now. If you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile. And that's exactly what it meant back then. Um, Anyone that was not of the chosen tribes of Israel was considered a Gentile. So for this Pharisee who believed that God's grace was given only to Jews to be God's chosen instrument to announce his love for everyone in the whole world, is quite significant, and it's important to understand that as we go into Galatians, because this book is written in response to a controversy, a controversy brought about by Jews of of Paul's day, Jews who were Christians, followers of Christ in the Jerusalem church, but who were now starting to say that, oh no, you can't just be saved by faith. You have to be circumcised. You have to um, follow these rules and those rules. Um, And Paul essentially is taking this opportunity to respond to those lies and redefine how our relationship with God uh, is not only established, but maintained. And Galatia, 
If you don't know, the book of Galatians is named uh, after a province, a region. Uh, Think kind of the area of modern-day Turkey. And in that region, there were a number of cities like cities like Iconium and Lystra and Derby, all that Paul went to on his first missionary journey uh, when he set out with Barnabas to bring the good news to the Gentiles. Uh, and that established a pattern really for Paul. They would they would go there on their second missionary journey as well, kind of following the same route, and then would pass through there again, even on his third missionary journey. So Paul spent a lot of time at these churches in Galatia. Uh, in that region, and this letter is written not to one church, but to what was a variety of house church networks through that whole region of Galatia. Well, and Pastor, I was just thinking that for the listener's benefit, if you are not as familiar with Paul, uh, a couple of the things that you just mentioned about the missionary journeys and, and how he came to faith through Christ who revealed himself in a very powerful way uh, specifically to him uh, to call him into this ministry, uh, where can they look to find to read about that? Oh, definitely the Book of Acts. You're going to want to start there for sure. sure. <laughs> That's going to give you pretty much that whole story. It's also, especially in chapter 15, is going to give you kind of the heart of the controversy that's lying behind uh, the Book of Galatians, the whole issue over circumcision. Uh, and other Levitical, Levitical laws that they were expecting these Gentiles now to follow. Okay. So with no further ado, let's open to Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. And right off the bat, he identifies himself as the author. He says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Now, there's a lot of important stuff just right in there that we're going to need to cover. Uh, Paul makes a pretty unique distinction in his opening remarks. He says, I'm an apostle. He always identifies himself that way because that's his authority. Mm -hmm. Because you don't make yourself an apostle. He was made one. But he makes this addition that he doesn't do anywhere else. He says, I wasn't made an apostle from men, nor was I made an apostle through man, but through Jesus Christ. As you were talking about that interception on his way to Damascus where Jesus stood in front of him and and made him an apostle. Why do you think Paul's making that distinction right out of the gate? That my apostleship isn't from the authority of men. Well, I think it's important to establish if people are going to trust what you have to say, they have to trust the authority that's behind it. And he's establishing that, hey, look, it's not my words that I'm saying. It's literally God's words given to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're not going to get too far into this, but that's that's really where the authority of the pastorate today comes from, right? Absolutely. The pastors are an extension or uh, descendants of that office of the apostle. It's not the same office, but it comes from that office. And that's why... At least in the Lutheran church, there are different practices for sure, but in the Lutheran church, you can't make yourself a pastor. You can go to seminary. You can get a degree. You're only a pastor if a organized church assembled by God calls you and says you're a pastor. It has to be God's people. They are the ones to whom he gave the keys. So Paul's saying, I didn't do this. 
I'm not coming to you on my own authority. I think it's also important he's pointing this out because, as I mentioned, the controversy at hand is over other men saying, no, these Gentiles have to get circumcised if they're going to be saved. If they're going to be part of this church of Christ, they have to be circumcised. They have to do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And Paul's making a distinction right out of the gate. I'm not talking to you like one of those guys. They're not apostles. They don't come to you with anything other than the authority of men. I'm coming to you with the authority of Christ. To the churches of Galatia, he says at the end of verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What a great introduction. He's emphasizing the grace, the fact that Jesus gave himself for us, not us giving of ourselves for him. Right, Even in his introduction, he's laying this groundwork of grace, not works. You're not going to give enough of your flesh in circumcision to make yourself a child of God. No. Peace to you from God our Father in verse 3, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us and for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. Great introduction. But then the tone changes on a dime. In verse 6, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there were some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Pretty strong words. Well, yeah, there's a lot at stake. This is the essence of the gospel. Is salvation about what you do for God or is it about what he does for you? It can't be about what we do for him. If in any way we start to put the onus on us for salvation, it's a lost cause. So yeah, Paul is coming out of the gates strong. And I know this is a Bible study on Galatians, but I think it's important we take a look at how Paul starts some of his other letters to really see maybe where the heart and mind of Paul is when he's writing these words. So as a little background information, almost every single one of Paul's letters and pretty much the other letters have a five-part structure to them. Okay. There's an introduction. There's a thanksgiving. There's the body or the, the content of the letter. Then there's an exhortation, meaning, okay, here's the theology I've put forth. Now what do you do with it? The exhortation. And then there's a conclusion. So an intro, a thanksgiving, a body, exhortation, conclusion. This is the only letter where those parts aren't all there. So to see which one those are, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, also written by Paul. Ephesians chapter 1. And you're going to notice some similarities. 
He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's your introduction, right? And then in verse 15, we get to the thanksgiving. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So introduction, thanksgiving, then we're going to move into the body, and then by the end of Ephesians, an exhortation and a conclusion. Then if you turn to Philippians, we see the same thing. Philippians chapter 1, Paul says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ, to all the saints of Jesus Christ who are in Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's your introduction, right? Mm -hmm. We move right into the thanksgiving next. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy. So introduction, thanksgiving. Now let's go back to Galatians 1. Paul says, I'm an apostle, not from men, but through the call of Christ who raised him from the dead to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father who gave himself to deliver us from this present age to the glory of God and glory be to him forever. What's supposed to come next? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Instead, what do you get? Uh, I'm astonished. I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting right. him yep. who called you in the grace of Christ. So as you read your Bible, especially when you're reading these letters from, from the same apostle, uh, sometimes there's a lot to be gained by, by comparing and contrasting, right? Paul is either, uh, dare I say, uh, not feeling very thankful right now, <laughs> or what I think is he is, he is so bothered and upset, as we were talking about earlier, that, that there's these, they're believing a lie, that he just cannot contain himself to get to it. Well, and I think that also, it speaks to two things. One, that the severity or the seriousness of the problem, you know, we're dealing with life and death, literally. Eternal, eternal life and death. Right. And the second thing is, you know, where he gives thanks and praise in those other letters, he's actually, he's sort of exhorting them uh, because he's heard great things about their their faith, uh, their faithfulness to the gospel, that kind of thing. In this case, that's not there. Yeah. So he's got a, he's like a surgeon, you know, a, a surgeon's going to make no bones about if, if you've got to have surgery right now, it's a serious life threatening, you know, when somebody comes in, uh, maybe they had a car accident and they're in the emergency room, they don't sit there and they get right to work. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that brings up an important part of, of reading and understanding scripture. And this is something we emphasize a lot as Lutherans. Uh, there is a proper place for law and gospel. Sometimes the law has to be heavier because you have to shake people awake. You have to get their attention to make them realize how bad this is and how much you're putting at risk. Right. As opposed to if you're writing to a church that, that may have some issues, but they're, they're not issues that's putting, putting their, their souls on the line, then maybe there's a different approach. But when you open the book of Galatians, this is, this is no small matter. And it's no small matter for us either. Although we're not wrestling with circumcision, as we'll talk about repeatedly as we go through this book, there are a lot of things that we're not paying close enough attention to as a church. That's right. That are putting our salvation at risk. The Lord's faithfulness is never in question. But as Jesus warns all the time, 
The devil's looking around to destroy, and he's not looking to destroy homes. He's looking to destroy faith. So be on watch, be on guard. And that's really what Paul is calling their attention to here. You know, Pastor, before we continue, you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier how Paul kind of establishes his authority uh-huh. uh, and where he gets that authority from. I think, isn't there a parallel uh, between this and, say, you as our pastor uh, in terms of how we are to regard you, not not you as the man, but you as the one through whom we hear the very word of God? How, how, do, how does that... How should that affect us? What, you know, in terms of, uh, I think I heard uh, somebody one time say, well, why does he insist on be calling, you know, being called pastor all the time? Mm, and yeah, there's a okay. very real uh, reason for that, and it's yeah. biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I, when you said that, I, I now understand what you're saying. Yeah, I've had plenty of people um, take issue with calling pastors pastor. Um, rather than just calling them Bob or Fred or Eric. Um, Yeah, there is a very good reason for calling your pastor, pastor. And it's a good reason for you, and it's a good reason for them. And Paul really kind of captures that in the beginning of Galatians, right? To calling our attention to what we're talking about here. We are not talking about everyday earthly things. We are talking about heavenly, godly, ordained things. And so maybe our words and our approach, not only to the word of God, but our approach to each other should reflect that, Mm -hmm. right? So Paul's pointing out that he's an apostle, and he does this every time, not to brag, if, if he wants to brag, he'll brag. Go to the book of, of Philippians. You can read all about his brag. <laughs> he certainly has, uh, has the chops to do it, too. Yeah, and he, and he does it to show that, look, I've got everything to brag about, but it's all for nothing. It, Christ is the only thing that matters. And that's really the same impetus behind Paul putting forth the fact that he's an apostle. My name's Paul, but my name's not important. I'm an apostle. That's what's important. And I'm not an apostle because I chose to do it. I don't come before you to to say this because I've decided to do it. Believe me, Paul's going to suffer immensely for being an apostle. Yes. I I think the same is true uh, for a pastor. If if you think that being a pastor is all about glory and and getting accolades and all of this, um, you may be doing something that looks like a pastor, but you're definitely not being a pastor. Um, It's appropriate to call your pastor – by that name, because it does two things. It reminds you that the person you're talking to is standing there in the stead and by the command of Christ. That just as he has done throughout history, Christ has chosen, for reasons only he understands, because it's not how you and I would operate, Right. he has chosen to use sinful men to proclaim and teach his word. It also, I think, is a huge help to the pastor. And I say that as one. If you call me Eric, you're making me identify with myself. Well, let me assure you, you don't need more of Eric J. in your life. You need more of Pastor J. in your life. I need to go away. And the Christ who sent me here, the Christ who called me through his church, is, is the important part. And so that's why... Uh, you know, Pastor Jay instead of Pastor Eric, my first name, the, the real part that identifies me as an individual, not the last name I share with other people, that has to go away. I, I have to lose myself to this calling. 
And so when you call a pastor, pastor, I hope it reminds that man of what he's here to do. He's not here to be Bob or Fred or George. He's there to be a pastor. And, and I think it's a disservice to yourself as a congregational member and to the man that's put in that position for you not to refer to them that way. You risk too much. And I think that's why you see in Scripture Paul always referring to himself that way. And you can go to other passages where he encourages others to do the same. You know, just this morning on the radio, I was listening uh, to uh, another pastor, and he actually said, if you are calling them by their name, if you're following them as a man, that's called a cult. (laughs) If you're following a pastor who is exhorting and and expressing the the very word of god as it's written in the bible that is a church yeah and i would say if you have a problem calling your pastor pastor there's one of a few problems either one he shouldn't be a pastor right or two you've got the wrong idea of a pastor or three your ego's in the way right right and that's what i've experienced before is um you know, people don't want to acknowledge <laughs> the authority of somebody else. Sure. But we do that when we go to the doctor's office, right? I mean, right. maybe you do. When I go to the doctor, I don't go, hi, Shane. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm here because I need something. And right. I have to remember, and you, I want you to remember, Shane, that you're Dr. Stevenson. I don't want you to remember that you're Shane. I want you to be the best doctor you can be right now. That's why I'm here. Well, I think it's t- t- it comes back to a respect for the authority behind the office. Right. Much like, you know, whether or not you like the guy that's in the office of president, if you're meeting him, you're going to call him president because I hope so. he, he represents the authority that gives him that, that position in the first place is built on, you know, a, a much greater thing than the man himself. Yeah, the Lord sets up kings and tears them down, right? Right. Yeah, and, and, and I would hope that any qualified pastor would view his congregation the same way. These people aren't here because they chose to believe in Jesus. These are the Lord's people. They're his. <laughs> you know, that uh, becoming a pastor is a ter- terrifying thing, and, and continuing to be one is a terrifying thing, because if, if you're at all aware of what you're doing, you're handling things that you can't say with a straight face, I understand all of it. And yet the very things I'm dealing with are going to have a direct impact on your soul and your salvation. This is why Luther, the first time he went up to, to, to mass and do communion, he, he left. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he, he was like, I, oh, I don't belong here. I'm out. And that's a very healthy thing. Right. right? And yeah, I think, I, I believe Moses tried that. Yeah. And, and did. actually, um, Jonah did that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and look, that, that didn't, didn't turn work. out too yeah, well, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think that's important too when you when you approach these uh, scriptures and especially this letter, and especially when there's controversy, right? Um, unfortunately, in our day and age in society, pastors have lost their um, prestige, for the lack of a better word, in our culture and society. They're not people that are looked up to. And in part, that's pastors' fault. Um, pastors are sinners like everybody else. But we have to look beyond that. And that's what Paul's doing to his hearers in Galatia, is calling them to look beyond himself and to the Lord that sent him and the Lord that called them. 
We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.